Hey everybody, Matt Johnson here, the creator and director of New Frequency, welcoming you to another episode of our exciting radio drama podcast. Fall is in the air here in Los Angeles, California, where I'm coming to you from, and October is just around the corner. We are going to be bringing you an entire month of mystery and horror tales starting next week, but you know what? I thought I would get started a little bit early. So here for the last Sunday in September, I wanted to bring you a classic tale of suspense, and this is a really good one. You know, here at the New Frequency program, most of the time we perform original pieces of work, but every now and then we were privileged enough to be able to recreate a classic tale from radio's golden age, and tonight's program is one of those. It's an episode of The Whistler, and it's called A Brief Pause for Murder. The Whistler, one of the most amazing radio drama programs from the golden age, and this particular episode aired in 1949. I love these old episodes. They tell so much of the history of what this medium was and also where it transitioned to. The Whistler series became a popular film series as well. So several years ago, this fantastic legendary theater here in Los Angeles called the Egyptian Theater decided to do a program called Radio Goes to the Movies, where they would actually do recreations of radio dramas on stage in front of the movie screen and then show the movie that was inspired by that radio drama. And New Frequency was privileged enough to be able to be invited to this evening and do the recording you're about to hear from The Whistler. It was such an amazing night. I'll never forget being in that legendary theater venue you and then seeing the movie directed by William Castle starring Richard Dix afterwards it was just such a moving night I think one of the ones we'll always remember so this piece for us stars an amazing cast all of our new frequency regulars Gil Glasgow Todd Sherry Tracy Crouch really stand out everybody did such an amazing job and it was such a privilege to be able to step into the hallowed shoes of the whistler and do this recreation I think you're really going to enjoy it at home make sure to tune in with us all of October starting next week for original tales of horror and mystery coming to you from New Frequency. But for right now, let's take you back to 1949 and our version of a recreation of the classic Whistler tale, A Brief Pause for Murder. New Frequency, a theater of the mind on the air. On the air. In three. It's coming. Pretty clever. In two. Overcome by a dreadful, dreadful, dreadful curiosity. In one. one. New Frequency. It's like nothing I have ever experienced. Calling all freaks. No Good afternoon, Mr. and Mrs. America, internet listeners of all ages and servicemen and women around the world. You've tuned in to another exciting edition of New Frequency, a theater of the mind, your home for the finest in contemporary radio theater. We are breaking for our, our normal broadcasts and live shows around Los Angeles to bring you a special performance from the legendary Egyptian theater in Hollywood. We are here today as a part of the American Cinematheque special weekend, Radio Goes to the Movies. It is our honor to bring you a classic tale from the golden age of radio. So please, sit back, relax, and take a journey deep into your imagination with the new frequency players, as together we travel back to Sunday, September 11th, 1949. It's 8.30 p.m. as you tune in to hear the program that is rated tops in popularity for a long period of time. Signal Oil presents The Whistler. Thank you. 
am the whistler, and I know many things, for I walk by night. I know many strange tales hidden in the hearts of men and women who have stepped into the shadows. Yes, I know the nameless terrors of which they dare not speak. And now, signal the famous go-farther gasoline invite you to sit back and enjoy another strange story by The Whistler. For extra driving pleasure, the signal to look for is the yellow and black circle sign that identifies signal service stations from Canada to Mexico. And for Sunday evening listening pleasure, the signal to listen for is this whistle that identifies the signal oil program, The Whistler. Strange story. Brief pause for murder. He couldn't recall the exact moment when it ceased to be a thrill to beam brightly at a microphone and announce, This is Roger Wixon speaking and inviting you to tune in next week at this same time. He was sure now, though, that the glamour and magic of radio had gone out of his life the moment he had married Tisha. Yes, and she had taken a lot of other things out of his life, too. Things like pride and confidence and self-respect. And Roger couldn't recall either the precise instant he decided to kill Tisha. When the helpless, frustrated hate for her blotted out any pangs of conscience, left him frankly admitting to himself that all he wanted were the moment and the means. Of course, there was no plan in his mind on the night of the dance at the country club. No plan, just a decision. He had come home first after leaving her there with Trent Crandall and had sat alone in the living room patiently waiting for her. It was after two when the door opened and she called back to Trent. Good night, Trent, darling. Thanks for the buggy ride. Well, Roger, you waited up for me. How sweet of you. No, not at all. I was just catching up on my reading here. Trent's new book. He'd be so flattered, darling. Well, I had to fall back on something simple. I started on the Rover Boys, but I got stuck on the big words. (laughs) That's why you waited up, isn't it? You thought up a clever remark all by yourself, and you wanted me to hear it. I only wanted to tell you, Tisha, that I think you're being very stupid. You mean about Trent? Right. Now, it makes no difference to me if you want to play footy with San Francisco's most distinguished visitor. But our fellow citizens have a way of talking, you know. If you're implying... I'm not implying anything. Why don't you join us some evening? Play chaperone. Oh. Trent Crandall's a celebrity, Tisha. Wherever he goes is news. Now, if it got back to his wife, she might possibly misinterpret. She just (laughs) might assume there was more to your association with Trent than a healthy interest in his books. There is. I love him. And it doesn't concern Mrs. Crandall. At the moment, she's on her way to Reno. I see, and of course it doesn't concern me either. It shouldn't. When his divorce is granted, I'll be leaving you naturally. Oh, dear. There it is again. What? Facial expression number 2A. The inscrutable smile. You were wearing it at the nightclub tonight. I rather expected to see the other one. Patient suffering, I believe it's called. Good night, Tisha. (laughs) You're glad I'm leaving, aren't you? That's why you smile. Maybe. Of course, you'll have to get along without my money. I said good night, Tisha. (sighs) Just good night. No recriminations. 
You know I couldn't sleep a wink if I thought you were brooding oh, over something. Why, of course not. Well, you were brilliant tonight, Tisha. I enjoy being sneered at in a room full of people. <laughs> oh, and it was an inspiration you're calling my boss the program director of a peanut whistle. Well, Mr. Gladley is an incompetent, offensive, stuffed shirt. Why shouldn't I tell him so, even if he is your boss? Very well, Tisha. Is that all? Very well, that's all. All right, darling. This is Mrs. Roger Wixon bidding you a good night. So Tisha leaves and you sit alone in the living room thinking. You've discovered a very important thing, haven't you, Roger? The reason you'd given yourself for wanting to kill her is gone. She's going to leave you of her own accord and marry Trent Crandall. But it doesn't seem to make any difference, does it? Nothing matters, not even her money. You're going to kill her because you hate her. That's all the reason you need. But how, Roger? How? The next morning, shortly after you arrive at the station, you run into another announcer Hi, in the Raj. corridor. Oh, hey, hey, Jerry. Hey, how was that thing at the club? Oh, that yeah, was all right. Hated to miss it. Oh, well, that's funny. I thought I saw you there. Probably heard me. I had that dance remote last night from oh, the Cetus. Yeah, that's right. I heard you. Yeah, we tuned in over at the club. Very simple. On the air from the Cetus, can't be at the club. At the club, can't be at the, on the air from the Cetus. Conclusion? Jerry wasn't there. Guy can't be in two places at the same time. Get it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it, Jerry. I get it. Listeners, a brief pause from our story. Again this week, you Whistler fans have sent in some really choice limericks. So once again, Signal has asked me to skip the regular commercial in order to present $20 Signal gasoline books to three of you as tokens of our appreciation. The first one tonight goes to Syrian Bessinger of Santa Monica, California for this limerick. Syrian? There once was a man named Ben Bow, whose gas tank would always run low. Now he saves that bother and likewise goes father with signal Ben Bow now saves dough. Tonight's second $20 signal gasoline book goes to L.F. Washburn of San Diego, California for this limerick. L.F.? There once was a driver named Schuster who's getting more miles than he used to. Since signal he's tried, his car is his pride, and Schuster's a signal gas booster. And finally, tonight's third $20 signal gasoline book goes to Mrs. James T. Blackestone of Laverne, California for this limerick. Mrs. Blackestone. There once was a trusty old steed who drank signal gas with his feed. They thought it would kill him, but instead it did fill him with pep and astonishing speed. Well, that's all we have time for tonight, friends, but our thanks to all of you who have sent in limericks. Listen for more Lucky Limericks next Sunday. And now, back to The Whistler. the Tisha plans to leave you, does it? The decision to kill her has been part of you for so long that nothing she does will ever change it. So you don't think of the why of it anymore, just the how. And part of the how took shape in your mind when Jerry Edwards explained that it was impossible for him to be both on the air from the Cedars and at the country club at the same time. 
Something to think about, isn't it, Roger? And that evening, as you're doing your news broadcast, you find something else to think about. Halfway through the show, someone hands you a late bulletin with a local dateline. housing problems. Here's a late bulletin. Police in the city went on 24-hour duty tonight, launching an all-out effort to capture the so-called whipcord strangler who claimed his third victim last night. The crime followed the grimly familiar pattern. Mrs. Dothea Eckler was found dead in her apartment early this morning. Medical reports indicate that it had been caused by strangulation with a cord or thong. As in other cases, the apartment had been looted. Police warned residents to take special... You hope that your listeners will attribute that catch in your voice to the revulsion at the horrible crimes. But it's something quite different, isn't it, Roger? Another part of the how. You've decided now that Tisha will die in a way that will point to the whipcord strangler as the only suspect at the very moment that you were broadcasting from the studio. It will have to be a recording, of course, so there's another big problem. How can you get one of your station engineers to play a recording of your voice at the right time and keep his mouth shut no matter what happens? That stops you, doesn't it, Roger? For three more days, it stops you. Then fate steps in again. Mr. Gladney, the program director, stops you in the hall and calls you over to meet a new employee. To meet our new engineer, Wixon, uh, Vern Cummings. Uh, yeah, hello. How do? Uh, he'll be working with you on the night shift. Say, I've seen you somewhere before, haven't I? I don't think so. Uh, your name is Cummings? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Cummings. Well, uh, I've got to run along. Explain the setup to uh, Cummings, won't you, Wixon? Uh, yeah, sure, Mr. Gladney. You know... I swear I've seen you somewhere before. Must have been a couple other guys. I, um... Hey, haven't you got a station break coming up? Oh, yeah, yeah, let's do it. As you give the station call letters and the time signal, you watch the new engineer through the glass of the control room. Try to imagine what he'd look like without the mustache, with the face a little less drawn. Then something clicks. You do know him. It was six years ago at another small radio station in the Midwest. But now, back in the studio, you cut off your mic and the smooth dinner music of the network booms from the loudspeaker overhead. When you re-enter the control room, Cummings is showing elaborate interest in the dials on the instrument panel before Say, him. Cummings? Yeah? I'm sure we've met before. Oh, uh, I don't know. There are a lot of faces like mine. Well, not exactly like that. What? Huh? What's uh, that? You know, you just might be a guy I worked with back in Kansas City. You worked at the same station. I tell you, you're wrong. Will you let it go at that? Okay, cut the speaker, will you? I can barely hear myself think. Oh, that's better. Look, Wixon, I'm new here, and I don't want to be rude, but I've got to study this panel layout. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, sorry, Cummings. I didn't mean to bother you, but you look just like a guy I used to work with in Kansas City six years ago. Only his name was Spore. Vern Spore. My name's up there on my license. You see there? Take uh, a look. Hmm. Huh. Vern Cummings. Vern Spore. You and this guy could have been brothers. Well, okay. I guess I'll just have to write back to the boys at the case station in Kansas City, ask if they knew what became uh, Wixen, of Wixen, wait a minute. Yeah? What? Huh. Okay, Wixen, you win. I, I want to talk to you. Sure. So you always were a pretty good guy. How about forgetting you ever knew me? See, why not? It's your business. You probably heard about that jam I got into. It was after you left. What happened? Well, I needed dough, and there was some beat-up equipment around the station. I figured this stuff would be good for a few bucks. I made a, I made a deal with a guy, and we got caught. Oh, that's tough. Yeah, a year in the clink. I had to change my name when I got out. Oh, but what about the license? A friend fixed it up. Oh, I see. You, you won't say anything. Why should I? Oh, thanks, Wixen. 
Good. Jeez. When you walked in tonight, I'd like to die. If Gladney ever found out about oh, my record, I... Listen, Wixen, if there's ever anything I can do for you... Oh, sure, Vern. Sure. Don't worry about it. I'll call on you. So that's all there is to the how, isn't it, Roger? Cummings is your man. He'll play ball any time you ask him. All that remains now is when. The answer to that comes unexpectedly the next evening, when Lieutenant Krasner of the police department comes into the station to ask a favor. Mind if I interrupt you for a minute, Mr. Wixon? Oh, uh, hello, Lieutenant. No, no, not at all. Come on in. Thanks. Just been talking to Mr. Gladney, and he suggested I see you about some announcements on the police benefit next week. Thought maybe you'd do them for us. Oh, sure, yeah, I'd be glad to. Uh, when do you want them to start? Well, tonight, if you can. Uh, oh. Let's see. Uh, tonight, I, I've huh? got them right here. Oh, that's pretty short notice. The schedule's pretty full. Uh, uh, here they are. Yeah, now, I know we're throwing you a curve and all, but as you can probably see by the papers, we've been a little busy these days. You mean the Strangler? Yeah, it's been uh, pretty rough. Pretty rough guy? Well, you're not telling us anything. Hey, your wife home alone while you're working here? Yes. Well, you tell her to keep the windows locked. That's the way the guy gets in. What, you mean you think maybe... Well, nobody knows where he'll strike next, and it doesn't pay to take chances. Got any leads? Well, a few. I, I got a hunch or two. I think we'll get him. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, so, what about the announcements? Oh, oh, here, let me check the schedule. Uh, uh, yeah, here we are. First time we can give you is the station break at 10 tomorrow night. Is that soon enough? Well, I guess it'll have to be. So, uh, you'll do it yourself? Oh, yeah, yeah. It'll be on my shift. Thanks a lot, Wixen, and uh, I'll tell the boys at headquarters. Yeah. We'll be listening. All right. And that does it, Roger. The win is complete, too. Police Lieutenant Krasner is going to hear you read that announcement tomorrow night at 10 o'clock, along with his friends down at headquarters. Oh, and who could ask for a better alibi than that? Late that night, when you and Vern are alone at the station, you walk easily to the control room. He has turned off the annoying loudspeaker as usual when the boss isn't around, and glanced occasionally at the dancing needle on the volume indicator to assure himself that the network program is going out to listeners. The, uh, how'd I sound on the 9 o'clock news, Vern? Okay, why? Well, did you notice anything different in my voice? You know, now, be frank, because I tried to give it something special tonight. Uh, how'd it sound? Well, like I said, I, I thought it was good. What's cooking? Can you keep something under your hat? Try me. Because I'd hate for the old man to find out. But I got a chance to go to Hollywood. Go to Hollywood? Yeah, yeah. Friend of mine with an agency down there thinks he could use me. I'll make more dough in one broadcast than I make here in a week. Hey, that's great. Going big time, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not definite yet. Uh, that's why I don't want anybody around here to know. So you're the only one I've told. I just got a wire from the guy. He's flying in from the east tomorrow night. Uh, he'll only be in town for a few hours. Now, if I didn't have to work, well, I could drive out to the airport, talk to him, but... Uh, I gotta work. Well, why not trade shifts tomorrow night with one of the other boys? Well, I'd have to say why. And I don't want anybody else to get wind of it. Won't the guy come up here, drive in from the airport? Oh, you don't ask a guy like that to drive in from the airport. No, guess I'm sunk. Can't be in two places at once. Mm, pretty important that you meet this guy, huh? Oh, sure, it might be the big time. No, oh, forget it. No, no, wait a minute. What time does he get in? Well, his plane arrives at 9.55. Well, let's see. At 9.45, we've got that band on the net from Hollywood, and at 10, we take Murder Manor from New York. Yeah, but there's that station break at 10, and the police announcement, the time signal. Oh, I'm sunk, because i got to be in front of that mic for 30 seconds. What are you talking about? Let's record it. Huh? Sure, we can do it tonight, right here in the studio. Give the call letters, time signal, and your announcement. I'll play the record for you tomorrow night at 10. 
That means you can leave here at 9.45 and you won't have to be back until the 10.30 break. Gives you 45 minutes. But you think it would work? Why not? Well, now suppose Gladney finds out I left the station. Well, I'd get canned. How's he going to find out? We'll be all alone here. And after I play the record, I'll destroy it. Vern, you're a genius. Okay, there's your mic. Yeah, you all set? Yeah, we're ready. I'll cue you from the booth. Okay, right. This is KTUX. It's 20 seconds before 10 p.m. Friends, here's a chance for you to show your appreciation. Hold it. Hold what, it. What, what's the matter? Just got an idea. Start it over and purposely make a mistake, then correct it. A mistake? Why? Simple. You give the wrong time, then correct yourself. It'll sound more than ever like you were actually here in the studio. Nobody'd ever dream it was a record. Yeah, that's a good idea. Let's try it. Watch me for the cue. This is KTUX. 20 seconds before 9 p.m. Correction, 10 p.m. Friends, here's a chance for you to show your appreciation for the men who protect your homes and love It's done, isn't it, Roger? The record is made, ready to go, and you know you can count on Vern Cummings to come through for you. The next day is the big one, but you manage to go through your normal routine at home during the morning and early afternoon. As usual, you don't say much to Tisha, only enough to discover that Trent Crandall has left for Hollywood. She'll be home all evening, alone. 9.30 that night at the station, you call Lieutenant Krasner. Uh, just thought I'd remind you, Lieutenant, your announcement uh, goes on in half an hour. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think it'll do the job, all right. At 9.45, you give the station call letters and start out of the studio. Okay, Vern. Now, I'll see you before 10.30. Right. And don't forget to bust that record. If the old man ever... <laughs> don't worry about it. I'll carry the secret to my grave. You're careful to take the back streets home, keeping well within the speed limit. There's only one person in the world who'll know you're going to be in two places at the same time tonight. And you know Vern Cummings won't talk, no matter what he suspects. It wouldn't be healthy for a man with a prison record to expose himself to suspicion as a possible accomplice. Twenty minutes later, you've left your car in an alley, and you walk up to the back door of your apartment. You reach into your coat pocket. Yes, the leather thong is still there. <gasps> oh. oh, it's you, Roger. Hello, Tisha. What... what are you doing home so early? You scared me to death. I just thought I'd drop by and see how you were doing. I've often wondered if you miss me, Tisha, during these long, lonely evenings. Answer my question, Roger. Why aren't you at the station? Something wrong? Nothing's wrong. I just got tired, so I came home. What are you talking about? Tired, Tisha. Tired of station breaks and tired of you, Tisha. I'm tired of the farce you've made out of our marriage, if you can call it a marriage. Roger, what do you mean? It wasn't really a marriage, was it, Tisha? It was only a means for you. A way you could ease that frustrated black heart of yours when Trent Crandall married somebody else right under your nose. Why? Why are you looking at me like that? Yes, Tisha, I'm tired of humiliation, of ridicule, of being used for a doormat, playing the clown for that crowd of stupid sophisticates. Roger! Roger, what are you going to do? Can't you guess, Tisha? Can't you make one small guess, darling? And now, another brief pause from our program. 
Friends, if you've done any mountain driving during the recent warm spell, you have no doubt seen lots of cars that have overheated and were stopped to cool off. When this happens, most drivers worry principally about the water that has boiled out of their radiators. But what they should worry about is the oil in their expensive engines. The reason? Many motor oils break down under extreme heat and form harmful gum, varnish, and carbon. Fortunately, however, this type of damage is something you won't have to worry about if your motor is protected by Signal Premium Compounded Motor Oil. That's because in addition to its 100% pure paraffin base, Signal Premium is fortified with scientific compounds that do important things for your motor which oil alone cannot do. So if you want to keep repairs down and performance up, remember to make your next oil change a change to Signal Premium Compounded Motor Oil and remember where to get it at Signal Service Stations. And now, back to The Whistler. Well, Roger, it's over now, isn't it? Tisha's dead and you're free with half an hour to get back to the station. Leave her there on the floor and put on a pair of gloves and move quickly about the apartment, dumping the contents of drawers all over the room, then into the bedroom where you open the window. Oh, yes, Roger. It must look like a typical whipcord strangler crime, with robbery the obvious motive. The dance music you turned on coming over the radio covers any noise you might make. But then suddenly, the music stops. You hear the announcer give the interrupt cue and begin We're reading a, a bulletin. from the police department. A suspect arrested earlier this afternoon has confessed to the whip cord stranglings of three women in what? this city during the past no. month. Oh, no. Nearly half the loot has been... Oh, no, no. The no. A wave of fear sweeps over you, Roger. Quickly, you turn the radio oh. down. This is something you hadn't counted on. One of your alibis is gone. The fall guy is in custody. You stare at the littered room, wondering if you have time to restore the place to order. No, there's no time for that. The other alibi... That's the one you'll have to depend on now. You rush back to the radio. It's just 10 o'clock. If Vern Cummings hasn't bungled, you've still got a chance. Your hand is shaking so violently, you can hardly turn the dial to the station frequency. And then... This is KTUX. 20 seconds before 9 p.m. Correction, 10 p.m. Friends, as your own voice you comes over the speaker, you begin to relax. To Lieutenant Krasner and at least a dozen other police officers are listening to it down out. at headquarters. It doesn't matter how Tisha died or who did it. The fact night. remains, Join your friends a man there. can't be you'll in two fun. places at, at the, the same time. time. You'll help the widows and orphans of the brave men who live in your service and die for your protection. 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 Thank you. You have just heard a broadcast of The Whistler exactly as you would have heard it on Sunday, September 11th, 1949. This new frequency took you back in time. A brief, brief pause for murder was written by Lou Houston and William Foreman. And now, please, a big hand for the new frequency players. They are Teresa Arison, Mark Daniel Cave, Tracy Crouch, Gil Glasgow, Jeff Hoheimer, James Napoli, 
Todd Sherry, and Victoria Wright. It was produced and directed by Matt Johnson. Music by Rob Eisenberg. Sound by Eric Lalicata. Engineering by Warren Harkins. Unit production manager, Mark Baker. The executive producers of New Frequency are Matt Johnson and John Land. New Frequency, a theater of the mind, is Los Angeles' home for the finest in contemporary radio theater. Please join us for upcoming shows and broadcasts all around Southern California. Our next live show will be Sunday, June 2nd at 7 p.m. at the Jewel Box Theater Center in Hollywood. This evening will feature a special performance consisting of four all-new Radio Noir Tales. For more information on all shows and to sign up for our mailing list, please see our table in the lobby before you leave. Up next at the legendary Egyptian theater is the original Whistler film from 1944, starring Richard Dix and Gloria Stewart and directed by William Castle. But first, we're going to take a brief intermission. Ladies, take us away. Say, folks, before you enjoy our presentation of the Whistler movie, why not also enjoy some delicious refreshments in the Cinematheque lobby? That's right, everyone. Mouth-watering candies, thirst-quenching beverages, and... Oh, look, Teresa, could you finish this announcement for me? Why, what do you mean, Victoria? Well, I have somewhere to be, and I kind of need you as my alibi. <laughs> Victoria, you're not going to kill anybody, are you? Maybe. Well, I don't know. I'm happy to help, but what if your plan backfires? What could go wrong? If anyone says, where was that woman announcer on Saturday afternoon? Well, she was right here, making all that nice announcement for all those lovely people. Well, all right, Victoria, but would you at least tell me who you're going to bump off? Oh, I'd rather not. Very well. Go ahead, do your thing. I will be your alibi. Thanks, Teresa. You're a pal. So, folks, be sure and visit the historic Egyptian theater lobby before our presentation of the Whistler movie. You'll find mouth-watering candies, thirst-quenching beverages, and delicious fresh-made popcorn. 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 Uh, popcorn. Folks, there will now be popcorn. a 10-minute intermission. Thank you for tuning in to New Frequency. New Frequency. Signing off in three... Two, one.